Play fake. Young goes deep middle. He's got Jerry Rice. Touchdown 49ers. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Family Podcast, where three generations of 49er fans break down the game each week and hear from Grandpa Mike as he shares personal experiences since he became a fan in 1949. My name is Josh, and I'm here with my dad, Jared, and my grandpa, Mike, and we are a 49ers family. Woo-wee! This one, this one was fun. I mean, I feel like this podcast just keeps gaining steam because we keep winning, Um, and now that is six games in a row, you guys. Six games in a row, the Niners have taken care of business, Um, and... It is a fun time to be a 49er fan. I'll tell you that everybody I'm talking to that said, that knows that I'm a 49er fan is just so jealous because they are a sight uh, to behold. So I'm feeling good tonight. Um, Grandpa, how are you doing? I feel wonderful, Josh. This was just a perfect game. Um, it was unexpected. <laughs> And, you know, we're facing Tom Brady. He made me nervous. He's wins these, all these games in the last couple of minutes. And um, I thought it was going to be a close game and, you know, come down to whoever had the ball last. Yep. And um, what, I, I'm just in heaven, you know, we found ourselves a quarterback. And what is, you know... What a terrific job our scouting department has done. I mean, seventh round, last player picked. I mean, every team in the league would love to have this guy. Um, so, you know, we've we've really drafted well, and and here we go again. Um, so, yeah, it was a very it was a thorough game in every aspect, offensively, defensively phenomenal and special teams our special teams are are improving we're we're fifth in the league in special teams i mean we have been the last couple of weeks but um so just a couple of thoughts that i wanted to share um christian mccaffrey when we got him we became an elite team and he's just made us over the top dominant and since since we got McCaffrey we're averaging eight more points a game we've gone from 20 to 28 points a game that's huge um our third down conversion rate has increased from 41 percent to 55 he's a first down maker um and since his arrival we've gone six and one and that's being pretty technical because the game we lost was Kansas City and he was here three days. Right. Um, yeah, so he's, that was just a brilliant trade. Um, I know it's been criticized for the draft picks we gave up. I would do that every day. Um, so he's just phenomenal. Um, and against Tampa, he rushed for 119 yards. Then he had 34 yards receiving. He's um, 181 yards away from 1,000 yards rushing for the year, including um, what he did at Carolina. I mean, he's just a horse. Yep. So um, I, love, I love McCaffrey. And 
Greenlaw was all over the place, as was everybody. He made 15 tackles. And then I don't know if you saw it, but after the game, he had Tom Brady autograph the ball he intercepted. Mm -hmm. That was that was cool. He actually, um, he actually had him sign two balls. Right. And, and I don't think it was confirmed, but they intercepted him twice. So I think he grabbed Tishon Gibson's um, yeah. interception ball as well. So that's kind of funny. Right. Yeah. So that was that was different. You don't see that very often. No. And this was. Of course, a homecoming for Tom Brady. He grew up an avid 49er fan, as most everybody knows. His parents had four season tickets to the to the 49er games. They would go, he would go with his sister. Um, and what's, you know, there's so many interesting aspects of this. He's played in the league 23 years. He's, this is really his second game in the Bay Area, no. which... You know, we play the AFC East every four years and it's, you know, rotated their place, our place. So he's only there once every eight years. And in 2008, he missed the game because of an injury. But um, 35 to seven, um, just phenomenal. I I mean, it was very, very convincing and um I just love it. So we're now nine and four, won six in a row, and we're off to Seattle in a couple of days. And anyway, um, Tampa was 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 they. I mean, Tampa won the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. So Pretty you crazy. know, um, we're beating good teams. Anyway, I feel terrific. Yeah, Dad. I know you were pumped up. We talked after the game. Um, what are your thoughts? I was pumped. Uh, it was uh, it was it was beautiful to watch. We were firing on all cylinders. I think that's what I love to see the most is that we were firing on offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, just a well-rounded team, like we stressed the last time we spoke. This is such a, a balanced team. And with the addition of Brock Purdy, it's you know, I was telling Grandpa we we're watching the game. This was a Jimmy Garoppolo. Plus, you know, it's, it has the plus sign. You get extra features and benefits with uh, Brock Purdy that we saw. His quick feet, his movement in the pocket, his ability to roll out and throw on the run. I mean, this is uh, poses even just so much uh, more difficulty to scheme against uh, for other uh, opposing defenses. Um, so just as a recap, I wrote down some notes. Brock Purdy was just he didn't flinch once again they they brought the house against him time and time again different looks um and he stood in in the pocket and he delivered the ball um so they talk about him having guts or cojones you know he's got a he's got that in spades mm -hmm. he was decisive patient um he can throw on the move steady and just consistent okay um, and he just made some really good throws. His arm strength is obviously not super powerful, but it's strong enough to deliver the ball. And he didn't get rattled. Even after that first uh, uh, play of the game, he changed the play call and took uh, you know, a helmet to the right ear um, and went down. Um, he said, and I told grandpa, I said, he likes to get hit. Mm -hmm. And his interview after the game was like, that made me feel like I was in the game. That actually That's that what he said. fired him up. So. Yeah. Anyhow, he's a he's a gamer and a student of the game. Another shout out to Shanahan. 
a great play call as far as the game is called. He called great plays. Every play um, kind of led to the next. You know, the past opened up the run and he, he was all over the board, but consistent and we delivered the ball to our playmakers. So Shanahan, one of the best games I've seen him call as far as plays. Um, Danny Gray made his first catch as an NFL career. So Danny Gray is going to be picking up some slack from Debo most likely. Um, and hopefully we get to see him uh, participate a little bit more. But that was a big thing. Danny Gray getting his first catch. Christian McCaffrey, two touchdowns, a, a, a receiving and a rushing touchdown, averaged 8.5 yards per rush. I mean, that's humongous. Um, and he just, he, he, he was a diversion for the defense the whole time. They had to know where he's at. So he's just great to have in the field. Ayuk had a great game too, two big catches, but he also did a lot of tremendous blocking. I watched a lot of the, um, the film after, but there were key plays where he, he was involved in every play, these little tiny things that Ayuk does that don't get noticed unless he touches the ball, but he had a touchdown. Kittle, some big catches, super versatile, lining them up in the backfield. That was cool. I mean, it's like he's in the backfield, Christian McCaffrey's out on the edge, you know, it's just, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, and that was fun. Debo, obviously he ran the ball well, received some receiving a touchdown and then his injury, which we can talk about later. Jordan Mason didn't see a lot of time. I kept saying, why isn't Jordan Mason in, you know, get him in there. Well, turns out it sounds like um, some of the analysts have said Jordan Mason needs more time to learn his um, uh, pass pickups and defensive uh, or uh, blitz uh protection yeah. yeah so they having an inexperienced runner in there might uh hurt us in the long run so jordan mason uh got some uh, some reps and hopefully we'll see him a little bit more but he's got to learn the scheme um defense was amazing um i could go off on that for sure greenlaw was the star of the show 15 tackles yep. 10 solo tackles Okay, yeah. uh, one interception. I mean, that's just crazy. We had three takeaways. That was huge. Um, and we had 24 first downs. Those are the things that jumped off the paper to me, but I loved every minute of it. Yeah. So one yeah. other thing, there was an emotional moment in the game where the TV cameras um, zeroed in on Brock Purdy's family and his father was crying and with just pride yeah. and i almost cried when i saw that i thought that what a moment here you know the father is watching his son his first nfl start and he's doing phenomenal and you know so i i i just loved that moment that's cool one last thing another stat that was just goes unnoticed we had two penalties total for 15 yards that's i mean yeah, perfect game uh really a perfect game on so many fronts um in fact we had we turned over the ball but it was called back you know um we had a a, a few key play uh penalties on the, the the seahawks that negated some negative plays for us i don't know that we'll always get those breaks but right. everything ball bounced our way against tampa bay um, but it gave us tremendous confidence. You know, it's a mindset and a confidence builder 
Brock Purdy, his supporting cast. Um, I don't like the Purdy craziness. I like people going like getting drunk on Brock Purdy. I mean, I, I love the guy. I could do it, but it's kind of like I love donuts, but I don't, uh, I might take a bite. You know what I mean? Like I reserve myself. Okay. And with Brock Purdy, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid too hard. I love the guy and I'm pulling for him and I want to see him do it again, but I don't want to get too crazy on that and go too overboard. Um, but I love what I see. Yeah, no, I think you guys made some really good points and man, we could probably talk forever about this last game because you're right. I mean, some of the, just my reactions, some of the things you just said was, yeah, the ball did bounce our way. I felt that way. And it's one of those games you know, that doesn't happen every game. But so when it does, you got to take advantage of it. Um, even that like touchdown throw to Christian McCaffrey, where he should have waltzed into the end zone. But props to the defender. He punched the ball perfectly, and Chris McCaffrey held on to it, snuck a toe in the side of his like pinky toe. They said that he caught the ball. Um, but we, as we all know, what is a catch? Who freaking knows? It varies week by week. Um, so the fact that they called it a touchdown was was huge. Um, uh, and, and just just so many so many little things. Uh, but I think you know, on a, at a macro level. Yeah, the team was confident. Um, everybody played confident and took care of business. I mean, it was thirty-five to zero. Um, yeah. That you don't you don't see that in the NFL. That you barely even see that in college. Mm -hmm. You saw how frustrated Brady was, and that was <laughs> that was satisfying as well. You know, he just was furious. Yeah, for sure. I, but some some I, of the other I, things I, on the box score that popped out to me um were one the efficiency of Brock Purdy as we mentioned the flags you said that um we were totally right with you know what the Buccaneers were going to do they were going to try and maybe run the ball but they were going to stick to the pass and Tom Brady passed the ball 55 times which mm -hmm. is crazy um I, and you know we held them to just 69 rushing yards and uh, you know, a measly 250 yards passing, but with two interceptions, we talked about how Tom Brady had like a 0.5% interception rate going into this game. And he threw two interceptions, like, wow. Um, uh, yeah. It just went, it went better than even expected. And, you know, I got to give you props, dad, because right. you were the one that said it would win by like 17 points or something like that. And yeah, we won by actually, we won by 28. So um there you in go the 30s he said and it was in the 30s leonard for leonard fournette who's a great rusher in the nfl i mean he's a great fantasy player passing receiving or uh, receiving and, and rushing he he had 13 yards and and carried the ball four times i mean that's and yeah. you i nobody would have ever thought fournette would have 13 yards rushing yeah. in so, that game so teams are waving the white flag as far as running is concerned the week prior Miami ran eight times mm -hmm. and in this game Tampa ran 19 times through 55 I mean it's just disproportionate so mm -hmm. they're just saying we can't run against these guys um, and, and we got to hand it to our secondary I mean think about it I mean the ball was up in the air 55 times, you know, some, a couple went into the ground, but I mean, our secondary 
I mean, they, they, they hand, this was that test I was talking about that they were going to be, there would be balls flying. It was going to be an air attack and our secondary had to cover, you know, obviously our, our, our defensive line did what they're going to do. Um, but the two together, we stopped Tom Brady and we held them 34 to 55, uh, two interceptions, one TD. That's amazing. so 55 passes, seven points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he he wasn't sacked. He just gets rid of the ball so quick. Well, two point two seconds. This, yeah, and there actually um, there was there was one play where he actually his knee was down before the ball left his hand. Um, so Nick Bosa should have gotten a sack, but they didn't credit him. They said it was an incomplete pass. He got rid of it at the last yeah. second. But if he you look at the tape, his yeah. knee. Um, I was grandpa during the game. I said, we're going to let, they're going to march down the field. We're going to give them some first downs and they're going to march. I said, we're going to bend, but we're not going to break. And that's what our defense does. It kind of gives you, gives you, gives you, but then it's showtime and the stop comes. We bend, we don't break. We're bamboo. Yeah. Bamboo. The, the, the one thing that I think was probably the best thing coming out of this game, maybe that's a little too strong. I one one of the best. I'll just say that because I think Brock Purdy and the defensive showing was also amazing to see against a good team. Um, was honestly the oncoming of our rushing attack. We rushed for 209 yards, um, and as you know, we've also documented here on this podcast that the passing game was carrying the running game. Um, and this is a little preface for the Seattle game. You know, I think that that rushing yards um, the, and the kind of aggressiveness on the ground is going to pay dividends, not only because we have a young quarterback and we can't lean on his arm, you know, to throw 35, 40 times a game, um, but mm -hmm. just the fact that we have Christian McCaffrey, we have uh, Jordan Mason, and once again, kind of like the, the other game where we held Elijah Mitchell really until the second half, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan held Jordan Mason until the second half. Um, and once that yeah. defense is kind of beaten and battered a little bit, throw in this bruiser of a running back um, and, and watch him go. And he did his thing once again. You know, I love watching Jordan Mason run. He's a yeah. good runner, um, good depth. He's a, once again, he's a hard problem. runner. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a fighter. Um, and he's bigger than he looks. He's, yeah. He weighs 223. He doesn't look it. Um, yeah, he's a battering ram. That's what I think of him as. He's just like he's gonna break down the the door to the castle, and it, nothing's stopping him. You know, as much yeah. as the soldiers are holding him, it's like boom. He's actually a battering 49er. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, go anyway. Um, just uh, kind of wrapping up our our Tampa Bay talk. Now this is crazy. So over our six game win streak, the Niners are averaging twenty eight point seven points per game, which is first in the league in that span. And our defense is averaging um, or allowing average an average of ten point seven points per game, which is also first in the league. It's that's unbelievable. Ten points a game that that's incredible mm -hmm. in this day and age where you can kick 50 yard field goals and they're throwing the ball mm -hmm. you know yep. i mean wow um i just give a lot of credit to demarco ryan's he's what a defensive coordinator he's become mm -hmm. we're gonna lose him 
him at the end of the year. He's he's going to be a head coach somewhere next year. And wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, you just, you know, he's it, he makes adjustments at halftime that are unbelievable. Yep. No, yeah. I, I couldn't so agree. We got a lot of good things going. Well, and I'll give a little shout out while we're talking about coaches. Give a shout out to Brian Greasy as well. You know, we talked about this QB room and we'll talk about it a little bit later as well. But what a job that he has done. You got to give him credit along with Kyle Shanahan um, to prep these quarterbacks. And all, obviously a lot comes down to their talents, their mindset, their characteristics themselves that have been impressive about all three. Um, but Brian Greasy has been doing a heck of a job getting these guys ready uh, for sure. Yeah, and you see him coaching during the game. You know, when Purdy comes out, Greasy's over talking to him, and he's not saying hello or nice job. He, I mean, he's firm and whatever he's saying, he, you know, it's, um, yeah, he's involved. It's a great system um, uh, with Lynch, or yeah, Lynch running, overseeing the show, Shanahan as head coach and a play caller. And um, and then we have Brian Greasy, this, you know, it's turning out to be a tremendous find and a great asset to our QB room and our, our QBs. I mean, um, and Domenico Ryans, it's, it's, the, it's kind of a, a beautiful system. It reminds me a little bit of um, uh, New England and what they've been known for, what they can put out. They can, it's next player up, you know yeah. what I mean? And because the system is, speaks for itself, the culture, the system, the coaching, everybody is like next man up. The guy behind is working as hard as the guy, the, the number one in that position. And the number three is working as hard as the one and two. And everybody's cheering each other on. You know, it's, it is a full team effort. And the distribution of the ball in this game, again, was beautiful. If you look at the uh, stats, um, you know, as far as touches on the ball, rushing and receiving, Purdy, he delivered the ball to just like Garoppolo would to six different receivers or, or more, you know, just really, really nice. But I love Greasy. He's the calming, steady Eddie in that QB room, which we've has been a tremendous asset this year. Yeah. yeah. Three number one guys sit in that room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Seriously. Yeah. And so of, of the 21 passes that, um, we threw, he was blitzed, Purdy was blitzed nine times. Right. And he, like Jared said, he doesn't flinch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He goes through with the play. The guy could be in his face mask and, and he has thrown, he threw two over 20 yards and five others over 10 yards, which we haven't seen a lot of with Jimmy. So, um, right. everything, uh, he... it's a, it was a perfect game. Yeah. A yeah. piece of piece of trivia that I thought was kind of mind blowing. So he had those two 20 plus yard um, passes outside the numbers to both um, Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk. Um, he had two in the first half. That's as many as Jimmy G has had in the last three years. Yeah. 20 plus yard passes outside the numbers. Mm -hmm. um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, it is, and it's going to help because it'll loosen up the defense. Mm -hmm. If you if you know that they can go deep, yeah. that they have to prepare for that. When Jimmy plays, they can move in. 
and it gets the the field gets smaller and i loved him, him using his feet a little bit i think he made a serious conscious effort in this game one thing rang in his head step up in the pocket step up in the pocket you know because the against miami he would step um back or to the side and that pocket hurt him a couple times and he got sacked once because he ran right into it but he he stepped up in the pocket kept his eyes downfield and then I told grandpa and it was, they run, you know, I forget the 10 or the eight or something near the end zone. I said, he's going to run this ball in. If there's nothing open, he's running this ball because they're dropping everybody, you know, they're manning up on everybody in the end zone. The field's tight, but he's not afraid to use his legs. And he stepped up and boom, boom, right in. That was so fun. Yeah. And that was surprising to see a, pl a pleasant surprise to see a Niner quarterback running it in. I love yeah. that. So that's another weapon, you know, it's, it's another thing the defense has to be aware of. Mm -hmm. So it's all good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, so coming out of the game, of course, there were some injuries. Uh, at first, it looked like really bad injury on Debo Samuel. He got carted off the field. He was, you know, visually um, emotional. Um, the whole team went out there and patted, you know, his, sh his shoulder pads and, you know, Wished him, wished him best. He went off for, you know, probably an x-ray. And of course they do the MRIs the next day at Stanford hospital. Um, the x-ray confirmed that nothing was broken, um, which was good. And then the MRI revealed that it was really was just an MCL sprain slash ankle sprain. Uh, but not even MCL sprain. It just said knee and ankle sprain. So um, he's expected, and this is, we were recording this today on Tuesday, today, Kyle Shanahan said that he has been told to expect Debo back in three-ish weeks was it was the quote um so that is the best news <laughs> that the Niners could get honestly because you take care of, once again I know we'll, we'll get into it more you take a take um care of business this week against Seattle you know win the NFC West not that we want to coast but there there is a little bit of regathering yourself and getting ready for the playoffs rather than fighting to the very, very, very last second for a playoff spot. Um, so, you know, so, so happy to get him back, but, you know, some other injuries coming out of the game uh, were, uh, you know, other guys like Givens, uh, D lineman, um, Kerry Hyder got dinged up a little bit. Um, Dante Johnson, kind of a, a Niners journeyman, been on the practice squad a bunch of times and, and stuff. He tore his ACL. Unfortunately, he's out for the rest of the year. Um, and kind of a, a Ambry Thomas got dinged up. A bunch of guys got dinged up, which makes me a little bit nervous um, for for this short turnaround week. You know, playing on a Thursday. Uh, but as you said, Dad, and as we've seen, you know, this Niners team is deep. Um, and and if there's anything that we can do, you know, we can we can we can do anything for one game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's going to be injuries, unfortunately. It seems like we get more than others. Um, but, you know, everybody's banged up. Seattle is banged up. And yep. uh, Tampa was missing both tackles. And, you know, so it's, oh, it's and a I, I, violent I, game. And I forgot to mention the one that also made everybody kind of hold their breath and we'll see um, if, if he plays or not. Big one, Brock Purdy um, has an oblique slash rib injury. 
Uh, he tried to downplay it that he wasn't in excruciating pain or anything, but he made it onto the injury report today. Once again, on Tuesday, he said he has not thrown a ball since Sunday. Uh, and the media viewing portion of practice, they were just doing stretches and stuff um, and did not see him throw a ball, a throw a pass. So very that 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 is interesting it sounds like from kyle's and brock's uh you know press conferences that they're still planning on him playing he he you know brock said you know this is just part of being in the league is playing yeah. with injuries um and if you read steve young's book or any other any other guy that every single week everybody's playing with an yeah. injury you get yeah. you're pretty yeah. much in a three-hour car crash every single week um yeah. and so yeah, these short weeks do um, hurt, though. He will. He, he will play. Uh, yeah. I, I know. He, they're resting him, and that's the right thing to do. Um, but, yeah, he's a gamer. The thing is, if he throws the ball around um, while he's hurt, he's not going to hurt himself anymore. So that's why they'll play him. Um, but they'll just see how well he can throw the ball, you know. But um, a little ibuprofen with uh, that kind of thing, you're going to be fine. I mean, I'm literally serious uh, with an oblique injury. I said, I said the same thing. I said the so, same thing. Get some Advil. Yeah, you don't even have to give a guy a shot for that stuff. You know, that, in fact, I'd take 800 milligrams, you know, and you're game. <laughs> take another dose at halftime. You're good to go. So, yeah, um, yeah he'll play. Yeah. So I don't, it's yeah. like Bosa last week. He didn't practice, but he played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's so let's get into it. So that we got a big game, big game this week against our NFC West rival, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seattle just lost to the Carolina Panthers at home. That was somewhat surprising. Um, so they're coming into this game now seven and six. We have we're up um, two games on them. Of course, this is on Thursday evening on Amazon Prime uh, up in Seattle, looking to be a cold one high as 41 degrees um so around game time they, they're saying it should be around 34 35 um so it's gonna gonna be cold um all-time series seattle leads the niners 30 games to 18 that's because they won 10 straight between 2014 and 2018 um and this one is big because not only is it a divisional rival of course these games always count like double but um, because of that, with the win, as I just said, the Niners can clinch the division, which is huge. Um, can just clinch it outright. Uh, and at, right now, and this is Tuesday evening once again, the point spread is San Francisco by three and a half points with the over and under, over under being 43.5 points. Um, makes me think of a game, I don't know, about three years ago where it came down to the very last play in Seattle to determine who wins um, the division. Grandpa, you remember that one? I do, yeah. And uh, Greenlaw made the tackle, at, you know, on the one-yard line against their tight end. Um, yeah, Hollis, yeah, that was, that was crazy. crazy. It was, yeah, boy. We were we were really ahead in that game, and Seattle rallied at the end, and they were down, knocking on the door with Russell Wilson, and you went, oh no, not again. Russell Wilson against us was seventeen and four. Yes. Now he lost that juice in Denver. He hasn't. <laughs> they're three and ten. Um, but anyway, um, 
So we haven't swept Seattle since 2011. Okay, and so it's time to do that. Um, and <clears throat> what's interesting is the last two weeks, Seattle is really, um, so two weeks ago, the Raiders ran for 283 yards against them. And last week, Carolina ran for 223, you know, and these are teams that usually get about 100 yards a game rushing. The Raiders got 283. So all of a sudden, you can run on Seattle. Um, and th their defense is not very good. It's, you know, they score points and they give up points. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I expect us to run a lot. I think so too, especially with it being cold, also being on the road. Um, and, you know, Pete Carroll is known for his defenses. It is surprising to see that their, their run defense is so bad. It is ranked 31st in the league right now. Um, right. And but when you're 13 games into the season, you kind of have to look at the last six because even the Seattle team that we blew out in whatever was it, week three at home, yeah, 27 um, no, to seven in week two. Yeah, it's it's not a week two. It's not they're not the same team. You got to acknowledge that neither are we. Uh, um, so but it is so looking at that kind of recent those recent games, very surprising to see that they are uh, letting people run on them so much. And I totally think that we are going to try to expose that and run before we pass. And, you know, we mentioned it previously, Jordan Mason. This is a Jordan Mason game. Uh, he, I think he, his his touches have been increasing from like two to three to five to seven. This last game, I think he had 11. Um, I, I expect him to get north of 11, 13, 15 carries and really split those, those reps, uh, those carries with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then of course, you know, that's all that's going to do is set up the pass and get Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, get those, those you know, throws. Um, I think, you know, this game plays to our favor. I, I, I was a little surprised to see that we're only favored by three and a half points. I know. Um, I, am, I am too. I thought it would be more. Yeah. Um, but you know, be a coming out party for Jordan. Yeah. yeah will, I would love to see that. He'll, he'll, he'll pack the mail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about, and that's if we win the game and win the division, we are a number three seed. And that means we get one home game, um, depending on how things go, but it very likely will be just one home game. If we happen to move into the number two seed where Minnesota is and we're one game behind them, um, we will get two home games. So that's what I'd like to see happen. There's four games left. Minnesota um, plays Indy, the Giants, Green Bay, and Chicago. Um, and they've kind of slipped of late, so we'll see. But that is, you know, that would be nice if we could get the number two seed. Yeah, and one more piece of that that I, I was just reading before we jumped on this podcast uh, that I found was really intriguing is uh, not only is the two home games, but we would also probably avoid the Cowboys um, until the until the NFC Championship game uh, because 
they are going to get a wild card spot um, because the Eagles are doing so well. Um, and that would put put them against the Eagles actually going into the NFC Championship. Um, and the Cowboys are, you know, very formidable. Um, and so the Cowboys uh, are good at. Yep. They're good at home. They're terrible on the road. True. That's, I mean, um, they. Yeah, that's basically. They're they're really good at home, um, yeah. but they go on the road and they stink it up. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, still, you look at the metrics, they, and that, like us, play pretty complimentary football, have a good offense, good defense. So um, I want to stay clear of them. I think, you know, right. facing the Reds, I'd rather face the Redskins or the Commanders in the second round than, um, than the Cowboys for sure. Yeah. Um, um, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. But it's, we're, you know, there's four games left in the season and, it would be if we could get the number two seed, that would be phenomenal. Oh, it would. It would. Yeah. Um, okay, some other intrigue here. Uh, you know, of course, is you know, you know, what Seattle brings. We mentioned that what they don't bring, which is a good rushing defense. You know, Geno Smith is still having it one heck of a year. He's third um in the league in passer rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's thrown two touchdown passes in seven consecutive games and 11 of his last 13. Um, they're, they're playing great. They got two really good wide receivers, as we know, Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf, who are both on pace for a hundred uh, for a thousand yard seasons. Um, and then where they are, maybe have a little weak spot, but uh, we'll see kind of how it shakes out is that their, their running game um, is not very formidable. They're starting uh, run, line, uh, running back, went out with injury for the year. And so they've really leaned on Kenneth Walker, the third uh, rookie out of Michigan State. Um, he was really good. I actually really liked the guy. Um, he's coming off an ankle injury. Uh, so this would be his first game back and faces, of course, the number one defense in the, in the 49ers. So um, add some intrigue there. And, and then, of course, uh, you know, Dad, we know that they – always talk about the 12th man um and the noise at uh you know 21st century link field or whatever it's called now lumen lumen field uh you know how do you think that brock purdy is going to do with that sound the noise uh, brock purdy he actually wears glasses and carries a briefcase he's a scientist and a businessman so noise is nothing to, I mean, I don't really see that being uh, an issue. I think it would if you were, um, I don't know, uh, a different style of quarterback that you, you know, he's not this athletic guy who's trying to win the game on his shoulders. He's just taking care of business um, and he's uh, running his troops out there. So I don't see that being a big issue. Uh, the 12th man, that sound, it's going to be real. The players know it. They're practicing with it. Um, and uh uh, I think I think we'll be fine again. It's just going to show it's another chance to not flinch. But I call him the businessman, and I think him with a briefcase and with some black rim glasses. And uh, he's just going to go in, open his briefcase, uh, pull up the football, and go out there and play football. Put it back in, and then he'll stand in front of the mic and say, "Yeah, that's what we do." You know, felt real good. Um, and then you'll go into the next game. Um, Geno Smith, though, I I don't know if he, he hasn't played the a defense like us this season, you know, um, the only way they're going to beat us is in the air. I'll be honest, Geno Smith, it's going to be a test for Geno Smith. They're not going to beat us on the ground, 
They're not going to put a ton of points in the ground. Um, he has to beat us through the air and uh, we'll be breathing down his neck with Bosa and Armstead and our defensive line. We got the great backers and our secondary. So um, I feel bad for, for any team that's going to go against us because we really make them one dimensional largely um, because of our ability to stop the run. Um, and uh, I think uh, actually we didn't pick it up, but the um, Tampa averaged 3.3 yards per rush, you know, and we averaged 5.8 per rush, you know, so um, they had to go to the air and that's what they do with him anyway. And Gino, I mean, they're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid and Gino Smith and he's going to have to throw the ball. And I think that's where we're going to, um, we're going to, he's also turned over the ball four times, four interceptions in the past three games. Right. So um, he's become more aggressive. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he has four interceptions the last three games. He's now said this week he's going to back off and not throw in these tight windows. Mm -hmm. um, so. Well, a lot of that comes from, and a lot of that comes from, and we saw it with Tom Brady, when you're playing behind, you kind of don't really have a choice. You have to get aggressive. You have to throw the ball. You got to make up points. And they, the, the Seahawks started out really hot and besides the game against us of course where we dominated them um started out really hot and they have cooled off as of late you know as i said they're now seven six um uh and we've turned it on so it is it is something to watch um for sure for sure yeah our defense makes the other team predictable and, and the whole thing just spirals out of control for the other team. And that's what we saw against Tampa. All, they were, became so predictable. It was, it became like, it was, yeah. it was. It and Miami. And I Miami, mean, Miami too. ran yeah. eight times. They, you know, you know what they're going to do. And yeah. Um, it really works. Yeah. So <clears throat> Seattle is on, <clears throat> They've, they've, they've been a surprise to me. I thought when Russell Wilson went to Seattle that they're going to just collapse and come in last, actually. So they've done better than I thought they would. And the reason for that is they drafted very well. Not only did they draft well, but next year they have seven picks in the first three rounds. They have Denver's picks and Denver's three and ten. So they're going to be high picks. So Seattle is going to get better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for sure. Yeah. Um, one last thing uh, to answer kind of my own question. Uh, and it kind of leads, I guess we'll lead into the next kind of you know, part of the conversation is, uh, you know, they talk about the noise, the 12th man and stuff. Uh, Brock Purdy, do I think he's going to be faced? I really don't. And I think this is another reason why. Uh, you can compare Brock Purdy to Trey Lance. Brock Purdy played in the Big 12. He played at Oklahoma. He played at Texas. He's been in ginormous stadiums where everybody is cheering against you. Um, and this, honestly, this seats less people than Oklahoma. Um, this seats less people than the University of Texas. Uh, it has the roof that makes the, the, loud, the sound kind of reverberate a little bit. Right. Um, but, but, you know, this isn't his first rodeo. He started for four years at Iowa State. And so I think that's where this, this you know, it's those intangibles, once again, that make a difference, even though in the draft process, they don't, you know, it's hard to measure them. 
it, it, I don't care who you are um, to have that much experience in going into a game like this is huge because Trey Lance probably played the most in, in, in front of like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40,000 people. Um, yeah. Uh, so this, I think this is going to be, um, yeah, we should be okay. And the, and that stadium uh, gets real quiet when you head by 21 points. Too. Right. It's amazing. In fact, they should take a, a, a like a, a loud meter and see how it might be one of the quietest games they've played all year. <laughs> I'm, and, I'm excited. Yeah, they it's typically very, very loud. You have to go to silent signals and in that. But um, I think the first five minutes or something, it's going to be, oh my goodness. Yeah. And then you just, okay, this is the way it is. So mm -hmm. let's play the game. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So, so let's do score predictions. Um, as I mentioned, the, the line is 43 and a half. Um, the spread is San Francisco by three and a half. Uh, Dad, let's go you first. I'm going to say 33-17 uh, Niners. 17. Love it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say 31 to 20. Okay. So both pretty high. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm gonna keep it a little bit lower scoring just because I do think because of the cold, uh, we're gonna run the ball a little bit more. I'm gonna say 24 to 10. Um, and it's gonna be built on kind of time of possession uh, and just gutting just just owning them on the line of scrimmage just pounding pounding the ball i like it okay but, I like it. but as, as i think we get i mean we definitely all agree because of our score predictions that three and a half um point spread is surprising i, I mean following this all year i i think the two that have surprised me the most are the line the spread going into the chiefs game where I think that was just Gramp and I did that podcast and we both kind of doubt, doubted the Niners. We were all kinds of banged up and yeah, the Chiefs poured it on and and totally, you know, beat the spread. Um, and this one, I'm like, really? Three and a half points? Um, okay. Yeah, I felt the same way. But that's, it's a, that's the money, you know, that's the, they set the line to kind of balance the money in Vegas and I don't gamble, but I do watch that, and they're often very accurate. I know. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a rookie quarterback, and it's the twelfth man, uh, and it's an away game for us. Those things, there's there's probably ten points built into those factors: rookie, away game, twelfth man in Seattle, or we. Yeah. I think it's a 14 point spread and I think those things count against us. So they're giving us uh, three and a half, you know, that's kind of way I look at how they're, they're doing it. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. The, I, I, the, the other thing that's probably going to happen is the first two teams that um, we've faced, <clears throat> they've brought the heat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that has not worked. So right. I expect Seattle, Pete Carroll is really, he was a defensive guy. He used to be our defensive back coach once upon a time. And um, he's from the Bay Area and he went to COP, College of Pacific. But anyway, I think now they're going to go the other way and just drop people into coverage. Mm -hmm. 
and not bring the heat, you know, be blitzing. And and Brock Purdy will rush for 80 yards <laughs> if they do that. I'm serious. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm serious. Oh, we cannot put that guy, especially with the Oh, he's not gonna be design design runs. They're gonna pick up people out of the backfield, they're gonna they're drop everybody in coverage. And he's going to run sidelines. We're going to pull a Russell Wilson on them. Yeah. You watch. You watch. If they go to that, that's what this guy will do. But he's not going to design runs and take hits. We're going to we're going to run the ball with a running back and not our third string quarterback. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, well, awesome. It should be a good one. And now we don't have to wait for forever. We're actually recording this on Tuesday night and the game is in less than 48 hours. So that's fun. Uh, so we got, got a piece of, of, uh, what's it called fan mail. I don't know if fan mail, we got some, we got a question from our good friend Wes, uh, and this was floating around also online. Um, so good on Wes for even beating it, you know, beating the reporters to it. He said uh, that do we are we hesitant at all about Brock Purdy's you know coming to the spotlight with the big game um, and it, you know does it you know are we are we concerned it's going to be another Nick Mullins Nick Mullins had a great great out showing also his rookie year against um, the Raiders on a Thursday night football game dominated the Raiders. Um, and then we, we know that he kind of went on to sputter uh, later, left the Niners, bounced around the league. I think now he's with Minnesota. Um, how is Brock Purdy like Nick Mullins or maybe how is he different? Grandpa. Well, first of all, um, thank you, Wes, for your question. Um, I, I hate to compare people right away. I mean, you know, is this the next Joe Montana? Is this the next Brent Favre, whatever? Um, he's Brock Purdy. He's his own own person. He's, he's different than um, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins was really, to me, just an average quarterback, maybe even less than that. Um, he worked very hard. He was a great guy. He was 5-12 and 12 as a starter for the 49ers. Um, he won that first game. Um, it was like 30, 34 to three, 37 to three, 34 to three. And, but he played an Oakland team that went four and 12. They were one and six when we played them. And they were giving up um, 29 points a game. So we scored 34 against a lousy team. So, you know, I don't know that... <clears throat> We should compare that. Um, and Brock Purdy has already beaten two playoff teams. Um, and we just need a lot more time to see what, you know, how he does develop. And they're going to change defenses on him. And they're, you know, they, they try and find just like baseball, you know, you're the, the hole in your bat and, and they're, and they're going to pitch to that place until you can hit it. Um, so they're, they're looking at ways to stop Brock Purdy. I don't think they're going to find him. I, I just, the guy has endless talent and, um, Nick Mullins is bounced around. I mean, he's played for us in Cleveland and Oakland and Philly, and he's currently in Minnesota. 
he's just an average guy. I think Brock Purdy is a lot more than that. So, yeah. Wes, <laughs> um, I know you respect my opinion, and, and that's, you know, and I also sent Wes some things. So, um, you know, just. Brock Purdy, um, in my opinion, um, I don't know how good of a quarterback he's going to be. I don't know if he'll be a franchise quarterback. I, I think he has the potential to be, um, but he has a little bit of an it factor that is unmistakable. Anybody who's spent any time around him or scouted him or anything, they say he's got a little it. Uh, I heard it mentioned once somebody said he's got a, he's like a little mini Joe Burrows as well. Um, and the first time I saw him, I saw it. Well, I looked in his face mask through his face mask against Miami. I said, this guy's got, and this before, this is like the first play. Yeah. I, I said, this guy's got something, but you can just see it. I mean, yeah, it's, it seems a little ridiculous, but he has a little it factor. He has this steady Eddie mindset. And then after the game, we heard all the comments from the players telling him he takes control of the huddle. This guy is unshakable. They brought the house at him to see if he would flinch. He didn't flinch. All those things, those are little it factors that separate the men from the boys at this level. And he does have that. Um, we just got to see, you know, how consistent he can be. So he's different than Nick or is it Nick Mullins? Nick, yeah, Mullins. Nick Mullins. So yeah. he's a different player. He's a high level. He's got everybody in the league's attention. Um, and uh, we, everybody's holding their breath at the same time, but um, it's, it's been very exciting. And he, he has that it or that X factor. I believe. Yeah. We could have, absolutely the opposite happen mm -hmm. and we could have a quarterback problem next year mm -hmm. if um brock purdy keeps doing what he's doing and i expect he will mm -hmm. um then when camp opens next year the question is who's going to be your quarterback mm -hmm. trey lance mm -hmm. or brock purdy mm -hmm. or tom brady tom brady yeah. well that's you know that's been rumored and and now lately I'm hearing Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, just, just to touch on that a little bit, three years ago when, when Brady left New England, he wanted to come to San Francisco. And John Lynch said no. And the reason he said no was Jimmy was 28. And at the time, Brady was 42. <laughs> and he thought... Lynch thought, if we get Brady for one year, I'm going to have to give up Garoppolo, and then I'll have nothing in a year. So he said no, and then what happens? Brady goes out and wins a Super Bowl at Tampa. So we probably would have won a Super Bowl had we brought Brady in three years ago. But, you know, that's, you know. Um, but, yeah, there's he, he, he he's had it with Tampa. He had problems with Bruce Arians, the coach. That's why he retired. And then Tampa talked to him and he's, they changed the coach. So he came back, he unretired. And now his wife has left him and he's, he's done with Tampa. This is his last year in Tampa. Whether he wants to play next year or not, I have no idea. Right. But his first choice is to play in San Francisco. 
I mean, I will say, and it was well documented that he was acting like a fan um, when he got to the stadium. He was taking pictures of like the Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, uh, Bryant, what's his name? Um, I forget his name, but um, <clears throat> what's the <clears throat> recent new Hall of Famer from the 49ers? Something Bryant. Oh, yeah. Um, Brian Young. No, Brian Young. Brian, I saw Brian Young on the field. Yeah. Right, yeah, he saw him on the field like right before the game was about to start. Yeah, and, like, totally like like a like a fan, like, oh my gosh, hey, how's it going? Gave him a big hug and was like, Oh, I gotta get back. Um, somewhat kind of distracted, which I and he did seem a little distracted. He had supposedly a hundred plus family members there. It's a big deal to him. Um, so I, I'm sure he would love to come kind of finish with the Niners, kind of you know, win a Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset um it's going to be very fascinating though that that qb room with a trey lance high ceiling but low experience versus now maybe what we're seeing with brock purdy is uh maybe he's at his ceiling but his ceiling his current performance is better than what we can get from trey lance versus maybe the goat um tom brady is a free agent and he's going to want to sign he's going to want to win the niners have a super bowl roster uh and we could make anything work for one year so who knows well, that is the key. What you just said, Josh, is we have a roster full of all-stars, full of, it's, it's a very talented roster. And we, we've seen how the window closed quickly on Tampa and Green Bay's window is closing and, you know, Detroit's getting better and some of these other teams are getting better. I mean, there's, it's changing. And, um, the thing about Brady, I, and I don't know the answer to this, but I've wondered if he wants to, you know, play when he announces retirement and, you know, do, do the circuit like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did and, you know, some others where everywhere you go there, you know, he gets saluted and gifts and everything. I don't know if he wants that or not, but um, he hasn't done that this year. So... I, it's, you know, it, that's a possibility. So it's fun to talk about. It's fun to think about. Um, it's exciting to have a good team and we'll only have this, you know, the Kittles and that for, you know, a few more years and then you're going to replace them and you don't replace everybody all at once. It takes years. So we've got to take advantage of this opportunity. And that's why, you know, a Brady or Aaron Rodgers is, possible yeah we we shall see well all right that that i think will do it for another episode of 49ers family um thanks for joining us thanks for listening in uh should be another good one here on thursday night against the seahawks uh can't wait until next time go niners go, go niners, niners. Woo!